0: Hello everyone and welcome to the What About podcast. I'm Owen and hopefully if you've listened to the last few podcasts that we've done, you know the format by now. In this podcast, we're diving into interesting topics that we at Christchurch are involved in, chatting to leaders here and really getting to grips with what we stand for as a church. Over the next six to seven months, we're going to be covering topics such as what does God say about the church being a family and how do we reflect that? Looking at worship, mission and much, much more. In each of these sessions, we want to dig deep into why we believe what we believe as a church theologically, but also practically chat about how that changes and shapes our daily lives. Today, we're going to be delving into what it means for us at Christchurch to say that in our culture, we are spirit filled. How does the Holy Spirit impact our lives and what place do the gifts of the Spirit have here at Christchurch? my two guests today are rob williams and duncan pratt rob is one of the elders at christchurch and Dunk stepped aside as one of the el- elders last year thanks for joining us today guys maybe as a introduction maybe just do a little introduction about yourselves and maybe your relationship with the holy spirit when did you first encounter the holy spirit yeah great thanks for having us yeah i'm rob and
1: for me uh, i grew up in a christian uh, home but i would say looking back we didn't really i didn't hear much about the holy spirit in terms of other than being the third person of the trinity he was the power that was at work in us but certainly i had no experience of any spiritual gifts i hadn't seen it It wasn't my experience when i i was saved when i was about 17 and at the time there we had the, the toronto blessing that some may have heard of and i heard about it but again i thought if i'm honest i thought it was a little bit strange It was a bit unusual i didn't really know what to make of it and i didn't have any teaching at the time to, to put me straight as it were but when I went to university, um, I, I went to a New New Frontiers Church and I met some young Christians who took me to their church and I suddenly saw an experience that I'd never had before and seeing people speak in tongues, prophesying, praying for healing and seeing it. There was a joy, a spontaneity. They really well led by the Spirit in the service. And I'll be honest, I was kind of at odds a little bit myself. I was thinking, I want this. There's something I'm missing. I could see it in scripture, but it still felt a bit uncomfortable, but... I pursued and thankfully i am now moving in gifts of the spirit i can't imagine life without being filled with the spirit and for me now it's it's an everyday thing i want to be filled with the spirit every day i can't live without being led by the spirit and i know it's the spirit that gives me assurance of my faith it's the spirit that gives me joy it's the spirit that helps me to to move with god so that's that's a little bit my, my background
2: amazing
0: thank
1: you Duncan. yes
2: hi there yeah my name is And it's good to be part of this uh, conversation. I too grew up in a Christian environment. It was a fairly strict environment. A typical Sunday would have been an hour service in the morning, and then Sunday school or Bible class in the afternoon, and an hour service in the evening. So I don't know how we fitted it all in, plus a Sunday roast. But I think, looking back, the Holy Spirit was at work in my life at a very young age, probably about seven or eight. And I can remember... Feeling convicted by the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't have worded it like that at all. But I can remember feeling convicted of my need uh, of Jesus even at that that young age, and uh, I became a Christian when I was 16. It wasn't a church that particularly taught anything about the Holy Spirit, not in not in depth. But I began to become aware of the Charismatic movement, and I started reading about the Holy Spirit. And I had some friends that spoke to me about the Holy Spirit. And I became convinced that there was far more that I was that to do with the Holy Spirit in my life than than I had experienced. And so I, I went to some friends and said, would you pray for me to be baptized in the Spirit? And I was filled with, expi- with, with the Spirit and experienced uh, just the amazing peace that I'd never, ever known i have been a Christian a couple of years by that time but I experienced that and I, I began to go to meetings and was became very familiar with the gifts of the spirit being in operation I was very excited but like you it, it you know it's a pursuing of the spirit-filled life that I think is very important and I can't imagine being without my friends the Holy Spirit any day of my life now Amazing. Thank you. I think
0: it's really interesting. You both picked up on, on sort of that, the dual role of, of the Holy Spirit in terms of firstly in, in salvation and, and the conviction of, of sin. And, and then secondly, sort of the ongoing life that we have as Christians. Maybe do you want to just give a little more into that in terms of for someone who's listening in who may not know much about the Holy Spirit? How What is the Holy Spirit's role in, in, in firstly in salvation and then secondly in that sanctificating and, and living that life of, of that God has for us?
2: Yes, I think uh, that's absolutely right. I think um, a major part before we become Christians is that the Holy Spirit does convict us um, of our need for Jesus and shows us of our need for Jesus. Maybe I can just, one thing that I can just put in here is that I think we need to view the Holy Spirit as a person and not as an it or a, uh, a thing out there. But he is actually a person. He has uh, feelings as a person would and he's got all the characteristics of personhood. But yes, I think the major thing be, pre, before we become Christians is that he points us towards Jesus, and I think that actually continues when we are when we are Christians. That the Holy Spirit is always drawing us to towards Jesus, and I think the the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, actually work together. We can sometimes think that in, they they've got maybe separate job descriptions, but actually they've they've got the same job description. They're all pointing us towards various aspects of of of, the, of God. Yeah, so certain, certainly before we are Christians, it is that showing us of a need and pointing us towards Jesus, I would say. What would you think about that, Rob?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jesus, you know, was clear that he said the Holy Spirit would come to convict the world of sin. So it's certainly, as as you said earlier, Dunk, that it's the Holy Spirit that actually challenges us to, for that need of salvation in the first place. And then it's the Holy Spirit's work that actually, is that working us to be open to Jesus, I was thinking about, you know, we see it in the Bible. It says that, that that God opened their hearts, and and in Ezekiel, I was thinking earlier about, you know, it says that that God will put a new spirit in us, you know, turn our heart of stone into a heart of flesh, and that's very much summing up what what the Holy Spirit does in terms of aligning us to to what God is trying to say to us and trying to call us into Him. It was interesting you said about the, the Trinity at work. I, I read something in an article I'd love to share. It just sort of summed it up. I thought really well, and it said that salvation is purposed by the Father accomplished by the son and
2: applied by the holy spirit and i thought yeah that sums it up doesn't it that's 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 how we are saved yeah in terms of sanctification that's an interesting word isn't it It can sound very holy and super spiritual but in in terms of sanctifying us it's very very practical because we're told that the holy spirit is our counselor he's our helper Uh, He's our advisor, he's our advocate. There's those sort of words that we're we're given in in Scripture as to what the Holy Spirit does. And they're really, really practical things enabling us to live um, a holier life, a a transformed life. And I think the Holy Spirit wants to to bring transformation into our lives, to make us more like Jesus, to point us in in that direction. And the, the, the Holy Spirit has those sort of attributes about him as as we as we mature in our Christian life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, as you said, you know, the person of the Holy Spirit, it's a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We want to be continually walking with him every day. And as we said, the Holy Spirit's work in salvation is to convict us initially, but actually as we go on walking with God, you know, we we can be continually convicted and led. You know, you see that through scripture, how it says that that, you know, like Paul and others were led by the Spirit. And and we want to be led by the Spirit, don't we? And and challenged to, to grow more like Christ. And I think of scripture, it says about the, the fruits of the spirit. And, you know, it's clearly the spirit that's at work giving us those those characteristics, isn't it? As we become more like Christ.
0: I think that the main thing that from the conversation we're having is, is the that emphasis on relationship, that actually you have relationship with the person. And I've actually heard some people drop the the pro, the the the. And mm-hmm. call the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, as if yeah. Holy is the first name and Spirit is the last name, which is, I think, is an interesting way of doing it. But definitely with the view that you are building relationship there with with a person, a, a member of the Trinity, in the same way that you know you think of Jesus speaking with his disciples and yeah. building relationship with disciples over those three years. You know, we have this amazing privilege of building that relationship, and as with every relationship, there comes uh, points of of correction and when things need to be done but also those points of blessing those fruit that you're speaking of the more that you build a relationship with someone the more you're gonna have fruit from that relationship no matter Mm. who it is and i think that's an amazing amazing truth can you just think about maybe sometimes have you got any time specifically in your lives where you'd say that as you you can pinpoint when i started walking with god you know maybe that your relationship with the holy spirit in this area wasn't as strong and now you think actually this is a real benefit that's come from my day-to-day walk being close in relationship with the holy spirit
1: yeah, I think for me, when I when I f- uh, was was first saved, I, I, I can look back and know that I was I was quite angry and very impatient, and and I know that it was the Spirit work in me that that helped me to be calm and more patient, you know, as as only that God can do in us. And so I think that certainly was something that changed for me overnight, but I'd say, ongoingly, ongoingly, I think m- moving forwards, I certainly know that that God is continually at work in terms of my um, patience and how I see others. It certainly. Uh, It's the Holy Spirit that helps me to to love others more, to see others as
2: God sees them. But yeah, certainly peace and patience, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like those attributes of the Spirit where you know He hears what we're saying, Mm -hmm. He He speaks to us, He He convinces us of things, He convicts us of things, and He forbids things. And I think if we if we are in a good relationship with the Holy Spirit, we feel these things in our in our in our in our in our spirit in our being we can we can feel prompted to to go and speak to somebody or prompted to do something prompt some action and we can also be forbidden to i mean paul talks about this doesn't he where he was restrained from going places and where he was and that was very much a a, a spirit thing so it really is a relationship and that that depth of relationship where you know we can feel his guidance we know his guidance you know, always uh, we don't obviously obviously hear it always verbally some people hear the audible voice of god but it's much more often comes as a conviction in our hearts and thinking of the holy spirit as a person as well we can we can quench the spirit we can we can dull his activity in our in our lives we can grieve him and ignore him and that that's another that's the negative side of of knowing the spirit's power in our lives really Yeah, also, I think we have to rely
1: on the Spirit to give us power over temptation. You know, we are, we're we're called to walk in the Spirit and, and I think, you know, we can rely on God and I certainly in my own life have to regularly say, God help me in this, help me to say no to that. Give me strength over this. And, and, and I'm fully relying on the spirit when I'm asking God for his power to, to say no to certain things. So, so for me, that's certainly something that I'm having to rely on every day. Uh, as you go into situations, that, you know, Lord, give me strength for this. Give me patience for that. You know, help me to be kind in this situation. So it becomes a natural habit, as you said, in a relationship. It's, it's before going into something, before opening your mouth, it's saying, God, give me the words, please. And so for me, that's something that I, I'm doing all the time. And I think also in terms of prompting, you know, you said about that dunk being led by the spirit. Actually, I think there's times when, you know, we can say we we feel it's the spirit speaking to us. And actually, sometimes you feel prompted to go and speak to a specific person or to call someone or to do something or to not do something. And then actually, it's it's amazing when, when you see the fruits of that and you think, ah, oh, you know, I I did hear God. He led me into that. Just an example. Recently, I was helping a marshal an event that my son was involved with, and I knew I'd be... On there with other parents and some people I hadn't met and so i was praying in advance and and god said i felt god say to me that the one of the people i was going to be with would have something they needed he- healing from and so i was like okay god give me strength to, to pray in the boldness and so i met this this guy who i was marshalling with and within a few minutes we were talking about his painful shoulder i was like okay i need to respond now and i need to pray and, and offer to pray for healing but for me i know that was certainly a prompting from from jesus that
2: i asked you know, and he spoke to me through his spirit mm, yeah. it's interesting you talk about the spirit empowering us we have some images of the holy spirit in scripture don't we we have the image of a dove which is a very gentle thing and we can you know displease the holy spirit easily we also have the image of wind and fire which mm. are very different images aren't they you think about the day of Pentecost. That must have been quite riotous in that yeah. that upper room, that upper room, with uh, the sound of wind, the rushing wind, and the tongues of fire, and the noise of everyone speaking uh, in tongues. So you know, empowering can be gentle, but also empowering can also be you know powerful. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> <too many laughs> a, a, in yeah, a yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. No, definitely. I think, and I think it, that all comes back to that whole thing of. The personhood isn't it there's a the holy spirit isn't just a force that is working in the same way in every situation there is a the holy spirit knows that there is times where that there needs to be gentleness and there needs to be that time that i think about you know elijah mm-hmm. and um that's a situation in which you know the holy spirit is is to him, well, I would see is the Holy Spirit obviously in that situation in the Old Testament, um, speaking to him gently, and God speaking to him almost tenderly, not in the in the big earthquakes and everything. But there are other times where the Holy Spirit knows that actually, you know, things need to be knocked down or a public statement needs to be made, like in Pentecost. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, there's a there's a real empowered sort of boldness within that, but it all comes back to that awareness and that knowing. The Holy Spirit is going to do what is right and what God's will is in that situation, Mm -hmm. what his will is in that situation, which I think is amazing. And and obviously part of that is as well, Rob's touched on with with, when talking about healing is that releasing of spiritual gifts that there are times that obviously the Holy Spirit releases spiritual gifts to God's people for the upbuilding and encouragement of his church i know both of you obviously this is an area you're both very involved in in the prophetic and healing and other areas so maybe just give a little bit of a a background in your your experience of spiritual gifts and the way that god and the
2: holy spirit has worked within you in spiritual gifts yeah, the first time I experienced the spiritual gift was actually the night that I was baptised in the Spirit. I um, immediately began to speak in tongues, not very much, but I I immediately had that gift. And I think as time went on, I was very aware of particularly the gift of, of healing, and I can remember being in church environments where we prayed for people when they were desperately sick, but we didn't seem to pray for them in other situations. So that the 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 whole thing with the gift of healing, I think, really only I really only became stirred with that in the last 20 years. I think before then it wasn't um, very much on my radar. But I became very convinced that God wanted to use the healing gift in in His church much more than we were seeing and experiencing. And you know, so I've done a, a fair bit of study, and I've been to lots of meetings where you know God has been healing people and sometimes it seems to happen immediately sometimes it happens within a day or two but I think you know in terms of the healing gift that we need to try and raise the profile of that within our thinking within our our, our church practice within our theology because I feel there's there's much more that we can move into in there there's a depth that we haven't touched in terms of Uh, of healing it seemed to happen in Jesus ministry very easily didn't it and it seemed to happen in the early church fairly easily but we seem to struggle with it there's you know things from our culture that affect that but God is very clear in his word that he is our healer and he wants to be our healer so I think there's much more for us to experience in that gift and it is a gift by all the gifts of the spirit are gifts but I think they're there for us to pursue and and to to receive and to to move into
1: yeah absolutely and i think uh, it's interesting you said about pursuing because i think for me that's something that i think is clear in scripture about gifts that actually we are called to pursue and to earnestly seek them and uh, for me similar to dunk i think uh, tongues was the first gift that i would have that i remember receiving and which is, I guess, for me ironic, because that was the one I most struggled with when I first was introduced to it. But I love speaking in tongues. And I f- for me, I've started to, to move in the gift of prophecy over years, specifically words of knowledge, where God speaks to you something about another person or a situation. And it's something that I still feel that I'm growing in. I'm still a long way to go in that sense. But I think for me, Anything when it comes to spiritual gifts is having that open hand and knowing actually it's a gift from God. It's given to us. We we are called to seek them, but actually God gives different gifts to different people. And so for me, I know at the moment that's sort of the gift that I'm moving in at the moment. But I'm trying to seek and and be open, eager that God would use me in other ways and eager to see other people grow in their gifting
0: yeah and you mentioned there obviously just at the end about being about supporting others in growing in their giftings and obviously that's something that is a church wide sort of view that we have a heart to that the holy spirit is to be gives gifts to be used within congregational settings and also then personally in everyday life as christ church as a, as a church what do you think is the most important way to help other people and support other people in, in growing in spiritual gifts and, and learning what god has for them in those areas
1: I think there's many ways, but something that we I think very we're pursuing a lot of the moment is actually intimacy with with God. And as we said all the way through this, that it's about that relationships. So I think before anything else, it's actually encouraging the church to pursue God's presence, to pursue the Holy Spirit in their lives. And in terms of of moving in gifts as a church, I think we we as leaders need to model it, but we need to encourage that everyone realizes that they all can have gifts of the spirit and it's not just those at the front who who can prophesy or pray for healing or any other gift but actually this is something that's available to us all because the spirit is available to us all and so i think it's important that we not only model it but celebrate it encourage others give people opportunities to step out so we don't want just the same people Bring in prophetic words, for example, on a Sunday morning, we want anyone to feel that they can bring. And in those situations, we would still weigh them. But we want to make sure that everyone feels that they can all contribute. And so we want to keep that open and encouraging.
2: Yeah, I think the first step, I absolutely endorse agree with what you said. I think the first step, though, is to make sure that we are actually filled with the Spirit. And we give plenty of opportunities to be filled um, with the Spirit, and I think it's God's will that we are filled with the Spirit. I think that's for all Christians, and I think there's a greater measure of being filled with the Spirit and being baptized with the Spirit. The word "baptized" in the Spirit is interesting, isn't it? Because to be baptized, when we baptize people in in water, they get absolutely soaked, they're drenched, they're immersed, and it's the same picture for us in in the Holy Spirit. That you know, we need to be soaked and drenched and immersed. In, in the Holy Spirit. But that's not just a one-off experience, that should be a, a daily experience, being filled with the Spirit daily. Ephesians 5 encourages us, doesn't it, to go on being filled. And that verse, as you probably know, it talks about is, is a present continuous tense, which is be filled, yes, but go on being filled. And I think that's the, the, that's the bottom line. That's the start. But when we are filled with the Spirit, then we can expect the gifts. And I think we should expect all of the gifts. I don't think we should measure on just some of the gifts. Paul in 1 Corinthians 14 does encourage us to pursue prophecy and that, that, is, that is a great thing and we certainly do that as a church. We're encouraged uh, to do that regularly. But there are the other gifts and there are some that we maybe not even think of as gifts. I'll just read out the, uh, the other gifts to you because I wrote them down before we came in. There's wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, work, workers of miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues and interpretation... Now I think I've seen and experienced all of those, but not in equal measure. Mm. And I think there's, you know, that gift of faith. I mean, that's that's one that I really want to see in my life. And that's how is that manifest? We don't see that manifest in the same way as tongues and interpretation, Mm. or someone being instantly healed, or a word of knowledge. It's not quite so tangible. But actually, I think that's an incredibly important gift that we you know should be pursuing. But I think as a church, getting back to your question, if I maybe forgotten your question, is is to instill in us as a culture of pursuing God and in that pursuing God, pursuing the Holy Spirit and pursuing the spiritual gifts, because they are there for us. You know, we can we can go and witness, we can go and pray for people, we can feed the hungry, but we can do it far more effectively if we're filled with the Spirit and guided by the Spirit and led by the, the Spirit in, in in those things yeah two, two things that that sort of you you mentioned which sort of conjured up images
0: in my mind is one when you said about being fully immersed that that image of when you are if you are completely dunked in something and then you walk across somewhere you'll automatically be dripping water like you you yes. will get the other places yeah. you walk wet it will just happen and in the same way when you're fully immersed in the holy spirit you can't help um, but but the holy spirit sort of you know impact where you're going mm. and there's visible footprint of where where you're going and, and then secondly about faith I think is is you're right there's there's something about as you from what I've seen of chatting with leaders as you go on with your walk often I think the thing that we regret is we didn't have more faith mm. and yeah. um, I remember we you and me don't we were at a, a meeting uh, probably about a year ago now where they asked two quite senior leaders what's what are two things you regret, and they said not having more faith both of them said that and actually those were two men who actually I would have said were very faithful, <laughs> but their thing was I wanted more of it. And uh, yeah, it's, I think, yeah, you're right. There's a, a real unlocking within that of, of new things for the mm. church.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it's really important that you read out the other list of, of other spiritual gifts because sometimes we can get caught up on just a few, can't we? And actually, I think it's important that we recognize that the spiritual gifts are varied and that we don't, I guess, compare ourselves to each other yeah. and say, well, they've got that gift. I can't have the spirit because I haven't got that gift. And actually, you know, the spirit works in different ways and gives gifts to different as he wills, it says um, in Corinthians. So it's important that we recognize that the spirit will work in different ways in different people. And then we want to, I think, honor and celebrate those gifts that we see in others as well.
0: Yeah, I think you're right earlier when you said that they're, just because they may not be, I suppose what we would call an inverted commas, stage gifts Mm. that doesn't make (laughs) them any less that actually if anyway if anything there's more sort of blessing on that isn't there in terms of if you're doing it quietly and and you're not doing it for the show of others in Mm. terms of there's something really special and amazing in what god can do through those situations and i know sometimes the most powerful way i've seen god work is through people who have humbly just been serving in in the background and just putting their time in sort of they've never searched for spotlight but actually through them, God has done incredible things day to day. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's a, it's not just a Sunday thing. It's a daily thing and it's an everyday walk and relationship.
1: Absolutely. And I think also it's important to remember that the, the spiritual gifts are given for the church to build the church. So actually, you know, we don't want people to be you know having a gift that's just for them just for show as you said but actually spiritual gifts are there to grow the church and so we want to to encourage that and and i think also it's important to remember especially like when you read about the spiritual gifts in corinthians you know paul sandwiches that you know with love in between and actually it's all about love and that's that's why we're given this the spiritual gifts so that we can love others with those gifts it's certainly not for our benefit but for the church isn't it mm.
2: yeah It's interesting in the commission of Jesus, because we very often refer to the commission of Jesus, don't we? And we need to to go into all the world and to preach the gospel and to disciple people, baptize them. It's interesting in Luke's um, account of that, I was reading this the other day, He, because we usually refer to the Matthew uh, 28 verse, but in in his account, he says afterwards, Jesus said, Behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So he's saying, go, but stay first. (laughs) And so often we say, go, come on, let's go, go, go. But actually, Jesus said, yeah, go, but you've got to stay first. You've got to make sure you are filled with the Spirit. You make sure you've got the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit in your life. Make sure you've had uh, an encounter with the Holy Spirit to equip you to go. So in our haste to go, we need to remember that we must stay and i love that emphasis that we we do have in in our worship times together when we are together but in our worship times together that you know let's be in the presence of god let's ask him to fill us let's let's be in that place of being baptized afresh and filled with the spirit again so that i love the phrase that jesus used here that we're clothed with power from on high that's a very visual thing isn't it you put your coat on and you you're, you're protected from uh, the weather being clothed and we've been clothed with the holy spirit you know we're 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 protected we're provided for as we go yeah so i I was quite challenged by that that we need to go yeah but before we go and we need to make sure we stay and be filled
1: Mm, yeah
2: and i was also while we were preparing just thinking about this and and
1: i think we've all witnessed seeing young people and children as well moving in in spiritual gifts which i think is really exciting and it's and it's really important that we worth. Is, is that we note that because actually you know the holy spirit is not you know dependent on your age but where you are you know in relationship with god and so i think it's really exciting when we see children bringing prophetic words and praying for healing for example and um, and i know in the youth that's something that you make time and space for because actually we want we want our young people to grow up not like me thinking oh this is a bit strange I'm not I can't I don't know where to put this in my experience but actually we want our young people to say actually this is a normal part this isn't unusual but this is what the bible shows this is a normal part of walking with God and being filled with the spirit and moving in gifts so I think it's important that we we yeah see it through all generations
0: yeah definitely and and I think the the earlier that as you said with that relationship the earlier you start that relationship mm. the the more you're going to grow and develop and and learn more about god and what he's got for you and and that doesn't mean say that you know if you come to know god later in life you're going to miss out mm. like, but actually you know there's something really special yeah. yeah i think and i think you're right in terms of what i think about we were at a festival two years ago and the young people got up and had words and pictures for for adults and the, from the stage and i think that's incredible yeah and it's amazing the way that god speaks through young people and often without the the nasty cynicalness that we can have as adults mm, or at least yes. i know i have sometimes when god speaks to me but i think you, you touched on a, an interesting point about the obviously your experience and obviously i know that we sit within a certain area of of church and so within church demographics we are of a certain ilk and we said this last month when we spoke about the bible when we were speaking about those who would maybe read the bible differently interpret the bible differently and i suppose on that what what would be your your main points when you say, actually, no, we believe that biblically, we believe that the, the outpouring of spiritual gifts is for today. It didn't end at the apost- apostolic age, as some would say. What, through your reading of, of scripture and through your experience, has led you to this point, which would say, no, God wants to release his gifts to all
2: today? Yeah, well, the, the classic verse is in, in 1 Corinthians... Um... 13 isn't it let me just turn to it and read read that to you oh yeah here we go it's in 1 corinthians 13 it says as for prophecies they will pass away as for tongues they will cease as for knowledge it will pass away for we know in part and we prophesy in part but when the perfect comes the the partial will pass away those who say that, you know, spiritual gifts were for the apostolic age, for the New Testament age, would point to, to, to this verse. They would say that the perfect has come, that Jesus has come. But if you look at the tense in that verse, it says, when the perfect comes, it doesn't talk about it in past tense, it talks about it in future tense. So when the perfect comes, when Jesus comes back, you know, those things will cease. So that would be, you know, my biblical basis for spiritual gifts and, you know, being a charismatic Christian, that's a key verse for us. Uh, I think others who would be of a cessationist view, that's the, the posh word given for it, would still look for people to be healed. They would still acknowledge prophecy not as we would acknowledge prophecy they would still you know believe in a lot of things that we believe but i don't think they would see them with uh, or pursue them with the intensity that we would as as charismatic christians yeah absolutely i I completely agree and
1: yeah i was thinking about the corinthians verse as well and i think also in corinthians 1 paul says that he he thanks god for for the grace of god given to the those he's writing to and he says that uh, in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge and it says so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ. And mm-hmm. again, it's mm-hmm. it's the gift is for us until Jesus returns. And I think going back to the verse that uh, uh, Dunk was talking about, actually, you know, there will be a time when Jesus returns, where we don't need prophecies. You know, we will yeah. not need healing because Christ will be with us. And so I can't see in Scripture that there's any time limit before then for the for the gifts to to, to cease. And on all the verses that we've discussed today, when it says to be filled with the spirit, you know, I, I look at that in Ephesians 5. It, it's sandwiched between a number of other things that we would say have not ceased in terms of our behavior, yeah. in terms of husbands and wives and children and the things that we should and shouldn't be doing. You know, we don't argue that those have ceased. So I don't see mm. why this one right in the middle in
0: context. It shouldn't. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> so I think, you know, when we when Paul says to, to eagerly you know desire the gifts again, you know, I think that's for us continually to eagerly desire them. So yeah, for me I don't see anything in scripture that says it's going to stop until Christ returns.
0: Yeah, I think it's a it's an interesting one for for me I've always looked at the when Jesus talks about the coming of the kingdom of God and that actually mm. the kingdom of God is ever expanding into the point in which you know he comes again and it is fully realized. Yeah. Until that point all it's going to do is increase. Mm. And so if you know we get to the end of the apostolic age but actually the kingdom of God then the Holy Spirit isn't wanting to outwork in the same way. Actually, I would. There's not that ever increasing um, way that mm. we see that. Obviously, as Duncan said, if you're a cessationalist and you are listening in, when that's not to say that you don't believe that the Holy Spirit works in salvation and and that actually the Spirit is is at work. Mm. It's not that uh, cessationalists don't believe in a Trinitarian full work in that way. But the release of spiritual gifts for the upbuilding of the church, I think, is. It's a very important part of what we have been given and a legacy that we've been given by the church fathers and to by Jesus. And I personally think it's a very important part of daily life in a, in a church. And that's why it's great that we can talk about it a bit more, because as we've said, we need to have word and spirit together and both need to work in tandem. Yeah.
1: yeah, And also I can just add to that, that when you look at the scripture, you look at the early church and and obviously, you know, the apostles you know, were there when when Pentecost came, when the Holy Spirit was given. But actually we see other examples of other people being filled with the Spirit. So it was not necessarily just the early mm. disciples either. And I know I've read, I can't quite quote them now, but I've certainly read examples in, in church history, you know, between then and now where, where others have, have moved in the Spirit. So it's certainly not something that's just stopped mm. then. And, and we can see it in history as well.
0: Yeah, amazing. Well... Thank you so much for joining me, guys. Thank you for your input. It's been great to chat a little bit more about the Holy Spirit and all that he's doing, both practically today and in a more sort of wider theological basis. Is there anything else you want to add before I, I close up?
2: I'd just like to pick up on what you have mentioned because it relates to a previous podcast that we had and we really want to be a word and spirit church and that gives us the balance. If you're just concentrating on spirit and manifestations of the spirit and being filled with the spirit, you're going to be walking lopsided. We need the word of God just to balance us and, and then, then we can walk, we can walk in faith but we can walk in a balanced way with, uh, on the word of God but also with the life of the spirit in us. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, hopefully you've enjoyed today's discussion. If you want to learn more about us at Christchurch, please check out our website or contact us at the office. Join us in January when we're going to be looking at the topic of worship and us as a worshipful church with Chris Joyce, who's our worship pastor, and with Nen, who's one of our worship leaders here. Thank you for joining us. What's About podcast is brought to you by Christchurch Helsham. The music was written by Chris Joyce. And to hear the full song, please go to our YouTube account and search for his encouragement named Singing Through the Psalms.